Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. This show is live every Tuesday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Next hour, we will be joining the Oracle Broadcasting Network as part of our contribution to the Intel Hub radio show. The websites, oraclebroadcasting.com and theintelhubradio.com. Check them out. Tonight, we have a good show lined up for you. We will be continuing uh, analyzing occult traditions. Specifically, we'll be looking at tonight the tradition of Freemasonry and its allegories and symbols. Before we do that, we'll be, getting, uh, we'll be wrapping up the occult season of sacrifice, an explanation that I started last week but did not get a chance to finish on the se- in the second hour. So I will be covering uh, that a little bit at the beginning tonight before we move into discussing Freemasonry. And the breakdown of Freemasonry, again, I, I could not possibly cover everything there is to know about Freemasonry on this show It's pretty much a lifelong study. So this is intended to be a cursory examination of it and an introduction to it for people who really do not have an accurate idea of what this tradition in its pure esoteric form is ultimately all about. So that's coming up on the show tonight. I'm going to read a couple of event announcements and then give the call-in number and then we'll get started. So here we go. Two event announcements. The Free Your Mind Conference, just a little over two weeks away now. Really gearing up for it here in Philadelphia. It looks to be a great event. And um, it's coming up April 9th and 10th. Free Your Mind is a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. April 9th and 10th at Ruba Hall, Ruba Hall in Philadelphia, 414 Green Street. The doors open at 9 a.m. 
The program begins at 10 a.m. on each day. Admission is only $20 per day if you get your tickets in advance and $30 per day if you get them at the door. Uh, please note that uh, if you go to the website and order tickets, uh, advance tickets, if the, if the request for advance tickets uh, does not arrive before April 1st, all tickets will be held from that point forward at will call at the reception desk. This is so we don't send out tickets and people, you know, don't receive them and then come come to the conference and saying, you know, I didn't get my ticket. So um, if we get the advanced ticket request before April 1st, they will go out via mail. If not, they'll be held at will call any any requests that come in after April 1st. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, PA, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. The featured speakers, 16 phenomenal speakers at the Free Your Mind Conference, including Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Basiago, Bob Tuscan, Fari Yurdozu, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, John Nicholson, Joseph Mara, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, Paul Marco, and Suzanne Taylor. Also, at the end of the day on Saturday, we will be having an exclusive Philadelphia screening of Suzanne Taylor's featured documentary entitled What on Earth? Inside the Crop Circle Mystery. And at the end of the day on Sunday, we will be having a uh, panel discussion with whatever speakers happen to be remaining and want to participate a panel discussion and Q&A session with the audience at the end of the day on Sunday. For more information on the Free Your Mind Conference, go to the conference website at www.freeyourmindconference.com. That's freeyourmindconference.com. Just a little bit over two weeks away. Second event announcement coming up in Philadelphia, FedStock 2, April 23rd, 2011, This is the official End the Fed rally for Philadelphia. The theme this year at FedStock, turn your back on the Federal Reserve. There'll be some great bands playing this year. I don't have a full lineup, but for more information, you can check out www.phillyendthefed.com or the organizers meetup group at www.truth.com freedomprosperity.org. Fedstock 2, April 23rd, 2011 in Philadelphia. All right. Those are the event announcements. Let's give the call-in numbers, and then we can get started with our topics for this evening. Call-in number for the first hour, 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in Number for the first hour of the show, 724-444-7444. The call ID number that you will be prompted for 
upon calling in, the call-in number is 83515. If you're calling in in the first hour, you'll be asked for a call ID number. Punch in 83515. That's the call ID for what on earth is happening. All right. At the end of the show last week, we were discussing what is known as the occult season of sacrifice. And this is a 40-day period which begins at the spring equinox and proceeds to the midpoint of spring, which is known as Valpurgisnacht, St. Valpurgis's night. This is the fertility rites of spring. It's celebrated on the midnight between April 30th and May 1st. Generally, it is known as May Day. All right, this is the highest Sabbath of the year for occultists in general, but specifically for dark occultists. If you go to the What on Earth is Happening website, I have put up on the radio listen page, if you aren't already there, listening in through there, as I do for uh, shows that require imagery to be followed along with so that the concepts can be better conveyed If you go up to the radio listen page, so go to What on Earth is Happening, click the radio listen page, and there you will see images for tonight's show, March 22nd, 2011. There will be two sections there. First section is the occult season of sacrifice consisting of three images, and then um, after that, I believe there are 13 images relating to Freemasonry which we'll be getting into shortly. We left off covering image number two, and we had almost completed that last week. But if you look at image number one again, it shows you the zodiacal uh, wheel and the breakdown of the year according to the houses of the zodiac. Um, you see there the four occult Sabbaths depicted by the four great cross signs of the Zodiac. These are the ruling houses of each season. So Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. Many people will recognize these as the biblical, the biblical lion, man, bull, and eagle. And eagle is associated with Scorpio because the Aquila constellation lies within or just near the house of Scorpio in the sky. So the lion being Leo, the man being Aquarius, the bull being Taurus, and the eagle being Scorpio. These each correspond, the midpoints of each of these houses of the zodiac correspond to a different occult Sabbath being midpoint of the respective season. In spring, the Sabbath is Valpurgisnacht, as I've already said. In season, the ruling sign Leo, the midpoint of which is Lamas, August 1st or midsummer. In autumn, the midpoint of Scorpio is the Sabbath known as Sowen or Hollow Mass and that is October 31st. And the season of, in the season of winter, the midpoint of Aquarius 
is February 2nd, which is Candle Mass, also known as Imbolc. So these are the four major Sabbaths or holidays, if you will, of the occult year. In image number two, which is where we left off last week, I was explaining the general movement of the sun as it passes through the equinox point, specifically at the spring equinox when it is coming out of the southern hemisphere with relation to the earth, to the equator of the earth, and into the northern hemisphere. So it is moving in its, in its um, apparent trajectory, in its apparent angle with relationship to the earth. It is moving upward from its low point of the winter solstice, which is December 21st, 22nd, when it is at 23.5 degrees south latitude. That's the angle that it makes with respect to the Earth's equator. At that date, it is at the Tropic of Capricorn. That is the low point of the sun during the course of the year. It does not, it does not get any farther south than that. Then it proceeds northward as the Earth moves in its orbit, in its yearly orbit around the sun. The apparent angle of the sun progresses northward until it reaches the equator, which is zero de- a zero-degree angle with respect to the Earth's plane of orbit around the sun. At that point, it is called an equinox. That's the time of the year that we call the equinox, the spring equinox or the fall equinox. When it's moving northward, that's the spring equinox, okay, because it's rising in power. The sun is rising in strength in the northern hemisphere. So it is at zero degrees, meaning that uh, the sun makes a zero-degree angle with respect to the Earth's plane of orbit. Therefore, there are equal amounts of day and night during this time. The word equinox comes from Latin. Equa means equal and nox means night. So it's equal night, equal day and night. The spring equinox is celebrated on March 19th, and this is the biggest um, day on the occult calendar, basically. I, I know I said that it's Valpurgisnacht, which is the midpoint of spring, but this is even in specifically dark occult traditions, viewed as an even higher holiday, okay? It's the beginning of what is known as the season of sacrifice, which ends at the midpoint of spring. And this year, we saw, indeed, on March 19th, a human sacrifice ritual begun. We began bombing the country of Libya. A long backstory to that, obviously, you could do the research yourself. It's under false pretenses. And uh, not to say that the dictator of that country is an, elite, an evil human being, but uh, you know we're, we're there uh, not for the ostensible motives. Of course, we're there for natural resources, which we view as ours to, the United States views that, them as ours to take wherever and whenever we choose to do so. But That being aside, the political motivations aside, I told you to watch for an event during the season of sacrifice between March 19th and May 1st. And, you know, just like in Iraq, we went into Iraq on 
March 19th. Now we are going into Libya on March 19th, starting yet a third war. Uh, we're, we have wars waging, we're waging wars of imperialism and aggression uh, unconstitutionally, absolutely unconstitutionally, um, in three regions of the world now. And we have bases all over the world, but we're specifically waging undeclared wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, and now in Libya. Um, this campaign was begun on March 19th. The occultists love this date, okay? And I was basically initiated into the dark occult on this date as well. And maybe in the future, I'll actually scan some of the documentation that I still have, which is some of the very few documents I still do own from those days. Um, it's a long backstory to that. I went through a basically a spiritual purging at some point and not knowing that I was going to be speaking in this capacity or doing shows like this or presentations like I do because I was basically still somewhat under the mind control of dark occultism. I basically got rid of the vast majority of trappings and document documents that I once had, but I still do have a, a few of them. And uh, one of them is uh, an appointment that I received uh, as an initiate into the Church of Satan, and it was done on March 19th. So I'll probably maybe scan that in and put that up on the website in the future, or maybe even with this podcast, to show you just how much they love that date. They confer uh, rites and degrees and perform rituals on that date and initiate human sacrifice rituals like war. Because as we covered in the previous weeks, war is indeed a human sacrifice ritual. And the people who march off to war basically are completely ignorant of what they're being used for. And they are ignorant beings. And people don't want to hear this. They get all kinds of offended about it, uh, calling soul dyers ignorant people. But that's what they are. They're ignorant. They're unread. They're ill-educated, whether they've actually received a Western education through the outcome-based education school system or not. I don't care what degrees you've gotten in the um, you know, Soviet education system that we have here and the Nazi mastery learning education system of the West. Uh, that's a piece of paper that's utterly meaningless when it comes to holistic intelligence. And... As far as holistic intelligence goes, these people are dumb. And there it is, said out in the open and get as offended about it as you like. Okay? They don't understand what war is. They don't understand the occult. If they did understand the occult, they wouldn't be allowing themselves to be used in such capacities. And they would understand that the way to end war is not to fight them, to refuse to fight them, to refuse military service of any kind. And, you know, people can go into that cliche uh, rote argument of people fought and died for my freedom. My freedom is inherent. And the only thing I need to do to secure it is to actually remain conscious of who and what I am. I don't need anybody fighting for my freedom. I am inherently free. I certainly don't need dumb people fighting for my freedom when, in fact, all they're really doing is fighting for elitists who are using them as pawns in a sick 
twisted game of, of ritual sacrifice. And, you know, believe that that's not what war is and enjoy your belief system because these occultists are literally peeing in their pants laughing at the people who go off to war. And they're all too happy to tell you that they're pawns in their game. Like Henry Kissinger says, military men are dumb, stupid animals that we use in a game of foreign policy as pawns in our game of foreign policy. Telling you that they're chess pawns that are dispensable, that are disposable. Right Right to their faces, and still these soldiers do their bidding. They call them soul dyers to their face. In the word soldier, soul dyer. And people don't think that this is some sort of occult uh, green language word pun because it's too simple. Or, oh, you know, you're reading into things in the sound of words. Yeah, because that's how words are used and constructed by the people who invented languages. It goes back tens of thousands of years. And yes, that is what it means a soldier, a soul dyer. Just like we'll look at in the future what the word police means. That's another form of occult mockery, which requires an understanding of Freemasonry to understand what it actually means, which is what we're going to cover later on tonight. And we're going to catch a bit of this right now when we look at this second image here, because understanding some Masonic symbolism will help us to understand a little bit about what the season of sacrifice actually is. Now, today is March 22nd. This is the third day, okay, of technically spring, all right? Occultists also love this day, dark occultists. Specifically, this is a Luciferian holiday, and it's connected with an order known as the Order of Death. And the order of death is about as high as you get in dark occultism um, as far as being pawns in this whole system of, of occult networks. Because no matter how high you really get, it's all pawns. They're all pawns, ultimately, of the ruling bloodline families that are controlling the whole game here on Earth. And then you can look into... I generally don't do this when we, when talking about things on this radio show or in my presentation, but there's much research that is done into the non-human aspects of what is going on, meaning non-corporeal entities, okay? Demons, if you will, or principalities. Some people also look into the extraterrestrial interventions that have taken place on this planet in the past and in the present. I generally don't get into that. I do have a presentation that talks about human origins uh, that I've given in the past, but I basically talk about things that I deeply know about on this show. And I leave that for people to go into and explore on their own. But if you believe that this agenda that's really taking place all around us is purely a human one, I think you have to jump through a lot of mental gymnastics to get there because ultimately it's about the destruction of human life as we know it. 
and it's ultimately about the destruction of human life, period, of any form of uh, human life that is worth living. And that's what the order of death, as we're going to get into in, in a moment, is actually about. And this is connected with the skull and bones order. It is often referred to as the order of death. And we'll talk about the symbolism of the skull and bones in a moment. But on this second slide here, I list the date March 22nd as being symbolic of the sun's position in relation to the equator that it has fully emerged from the southern hemisphere. Okay, the solar disk is not actually right on the equatorial line, that imaginary equatorial line at the center of the Earth's plane okay, of rotation. It has actually broken past that point, which is the zero-degree angle, and it has moved fully into the northern hemisphere. So, occultists would say that on the third day, and this is obviously a symbolic analog to the sun-savior astrotheology myth that we've talked about extensively as being the basis for Christianity. Hey, this is the story of Jesus, the son of God, Horus in the Egyptian tradition, Tammuz in the Babylonian tradition, on and on and on, Dionysus, uh, Attis, you name it, tons and tons of gods, basically the same story. We've covered that in the sections on astrotheology. On the third day after the spring equinox, the sun has fully broken the equatorial line and has emerged from its tomb, which is what the southern hemisphere is referred to as. The six months that the sun is dwelling in the southern hemisphere or below the equatorial line of the earth. Okay, That's considered the season of death and then the other six months are considered the season of life or regeneration and growth because that's when you can plant and grow food. In the fall and winter season, you cannot. So you have to store things in the northern hemisphere, store supplies to get through the winter. So again, the order of death or the dark occult in general worships the dark side of the sun. Okay, They are a dark solar cult. In other words, they worship darkness. They worship death. They worship evil. So they, they basically give homage to the sun during the dark season. Okay? And this season of sacrifice is when the sun begins to emerge out of that dark season. Okay? So the point that it fully does this it's, is March 22nd, which is today. All right, so today is a significant day in the occult. So I wrote here on this second slide that what this symbolically represents is the light bringer, Lucifer. Lucifer means light bringer, looks, fere, light and bring. Okay, light bringer in Latin. All right, so we're basically looking at the high and low points of light or of the sun. This is all ultimately about the sun. And I, was, I left off last week looking at the first degree Masonic tracing board, which we're going to look at extensively tonight, if we can get to it 
in the second hour. And I'm going to be breaking this down in a couple of different orientations. Now, this is kind of a jump ahead, and we'll go back to this, but on this second slide here, I basically put the tracing board in its sideways orientation. And this is a depiction, again, of the sun during the course of the year. Okay? It's another way of looking at this. So the checkerboard floor that you see on the left of the image, right, and the direction is west, okay, the, those represent in this configuration, in this sideways configuration, the latitude and longitude lines of the earth, okay? The latitude and longitude lines of the earth. And west is away from the light, or away from the gods, quote-unquote, that you see there in the eastern portion of the image. On the right-hand side where you see the letter E, those are the gods of the ancient world. As we talked about in the astrotheology section, the desert sky gods, the sun, the moon, and the stars and planets depicted by the all-seeing eye. Okay, The three desert sky god religions given to each one of these astrotheological cults of the ancient world. The sun given to Christianity, the moon to Islam, and the stars and planets to Judaism. The three major world religions, monotheistic religions at that. Okay? Now, we see north and south showing us the direction when it, when, in relationship to the earth because north is toward the north hemisphere and south is toward the southern hemisphere. And that pillar in the middle, okay, with the ladder on it, which is known as Jacob's Ladder in Freemasonry, labeled with a W for wisdom, represents the equator in this image, okay, the zero degree point that the sun has now fully broken past as of today. And the bottom pillar, the dark pillar, the pillar of Boaz, labeled with a B for beauty, the moon, okay, represents the winter solstice. This is the low point of light, okay, the low point of the sun, December 21st, 22nd, the winter solstice, when the sun makes a 23 and a half degree angle with respect to the equator, south of the equator. This is the Tropic of Capricorn on the earth, and then the high point of light is when the sun reaches the summer solstice, June 20th, 21st. That's when it makes a 23.5 degree northerly angle with respect to the Earth's equator. Or it is seen to be at the Tropic of Capricorn, 23.5 degrees north latitude of the Earth. So this is the pillar of Joaquin, or strength, labeled there with an S. So this is the sun's path during the course of a year. And it moves upward slowly until it crosses the midpoint of the equator and then it moves up to its high point. Okay? We are now, symbolically, where that green initiate, that second initiate on the ladder would be. We have just broken northward into the, into the northern hemisphere, just broken the equator. Okay? On the right-hand side of this image we see the cryptic tracing board of Tubal Cain. Now, this is associated with the Royal Arch degree of Freemasonry and higher. 
when you start to go toward the illuminated degrees, which are basically unspoken degrees. They are what some would consider clandestine degrees in, in illuminated masonry. Now, that's more advanced. We'll get to that. But this tracing board, I put it on this image just to show you how this is symbolically depicting these two seasons. See, the, the ancients really only viewed two seasons, the time that the sun was in the northern hemisphere and the time it was in the southern hemisphere. That's it. They didn't really distinguish between spring, spring and summer or between fall and winter. Okay? Spring and summer, the sun was in the north, where most people live, where the vast majority of the population of the earth lives. Okay? So that's the favored season. The season of death is the southern hemisphere. And here depicted on this tracing board, you can see this dichotomy. But you can also understand um, symbolically what it spiritually represents. Okay? And that's the key. There is, there is an exoteric explanation and then there's an esoteric one to get, get to the true meaning, the veiled allegory that lies underneath the symbolism. And that's the key to Freemasonry. And you can only do that if you get out of the purely logical left brain and make a connection to the intuitive and creative and nurturing right brain. That's not to say throw out logic and reason. That's to say to integrate the sacred feminine, which is ultimately what true Freemasonry is about. And while I am doing this breakdown of this cryptic tracing board briefly, I want to say, before we even go into it, and I'll reiterate this, Freemasonry is not well understood by most people. Okay? And I'll be the first to tell you that the Lodge system is degenerated and corrupt. But we have to be mature about our understanding of the real tradition versus what it has become. Okay? There is a true mystical esoteric tradition that underlies genuine Freemasonry. Then there is what it has come down to us in the modern day as. And that is altogether different from what I am attempting and endeavoring to explain to people as the genuine tradition of Freemasonry. So you could say there's a genuine Christian tradition as we've looked at. The true esoteric Christian tradition that emerged 2,000 years ago. And then there is what Christianity has come down to us as in the modern age, which is altogether different than that original tradition. Well, it's the same with Freemasonry. And we need to make that distinction clear and understand it well so that we don't you know, fall into this trap of, oh, all Freemasonry is bad or evil. You know, it's, 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 it's ridiculous as saying everything that you read in the Bible is bad or evil because you don't agree with what the Catholic Church or, the, or Christianity in, in general as a religion may be doing in the modern world, okay? That's like, you know, throwing out some of the tenets of Islam or Judaism because you don't particularly like the way that the leaders of those religions or even the radicals of those religions are taking that, you know, those, those uh, philosophies that are supposed to be ultimately the same core truths as as all other mystical traditions and religions. It's just become corrupted over time. Okay? So, yes, 
do I attack religion as a form of mind control? Of course I do. And I explain all of the astrotheological underpinnings of it and how people are basically being fooled into worshiping the gods of the sky and not understanding it. However, I've said before, there are deep um, allegorical underpinnings, which are really the mystical and esoteric truths that underlie all of these traditions. And that's what I'm endeavoring to get people to reach an understanding of through further study. And again, the other thing I'd like to make very clear is if you expect a 100% totality of this from me, uh, you're, you're going to be holding your breath. One person could not possibly give you all you need to know about this. You need to make an extensive study of it on your own. Okay, You need to go to a lot of different sources and be eclectic about the material that you're taking in, meaning take it in from a vast variety of sources. Okay, That's the best way to gauge any tradition or any form of information. So I can only give you a basic breakdown of this symbolism and and these traditions. I couldn't possibly give give a 100% um, exhaustive study of it. Again, as I said, that's a lifelong journey, basically. I'm still learning things about Freemasonry. All right, so this tracing board here of Tubal Cain on image number two in the bottom right-hand corner of the image is showing these two seasons of the year, the light season or the favored season in the north being the top portion of the image and also uh, depicted by the arch at the top, okay, symbolized by the arch. And then the, the squared portion at the bottom of this half rectangular, half uh, ovoid image, okay, is the death season, okay, the season of darkness when the sun is in the southern hemisphere. And there is a form of a sarcophagus there. There you see the checkerboard floor of the house and you see light coming in from above. Now this represents soul death. This represents being in a state of base consciousness and the spirit is buried and it's in darkness. Okay, And that's what ultimately Freemasonry is attempting to do, to shine light upon the state of darkness that not only the world is in, but that each individual who is under a form of mind control or being hoodwinked is in. They're in a deplorable state of darkness, of not understanding natural law, they, which is the light of, of the Creator. Okay, And you see that still streaming in from above. The idea is to dig your way out of that grave to resurrect oneself by acquiring an understanding of natural law or receiving the light. As we said, it's, the Freemasonry is connected with Kabbalah. It means to receive Kabbalah. Okay? So, and what you're ultimately receiving is the light or the knowledge of natural law, which the Creator put there. Okay? So, in the image, in the uh, uh, top portion of this image, once you do make your way out of that, you see the condition of the world, and it's in ruins. Okay, so they're 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 showing you that enlightenment does not 
cast light upon something that is actually pretty. Okay? Yes, it's a wonderful thing, but it's showing you what our work really is. To improve a world that has gone completely awry and is in a state of disrepair and ruins, basically. And this tracing board is emblematic of that. It, it's, it's an allegory in symbol. So, I mean, we're going to be getting increasingly into more complex symbolism as we go into a study of Freemasonry and other tra traditions. Okay, so really, this is pre there's a lot of prerequisite understanding for a lot of this. Okay, so if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, do so and get caught up to this because, you know, again, there's, you can't build the top of a building before you build the foundation. And that's what we've done over the last year here. This is the, the uh, 52nd show, actually. So next week is the one-year anniversary of the What on Earth is Happening radio show. Pretty cool. So that's all I'll basically say on the uh, cryptic tracing board there in image number two. Let's move on to image number three for those who are following on the website. This is image number three in the occult season of sacrifice. Okay on the radio listen page. So again, March 22nd is about the rising of the light or the sun breaking into the northern hemisphere. Now, there is again this occult order known as the order of death. And I label it here as I show the, the emblem of it, which is the skull and crossbones and the, and the numbers 322. Okay? And... 322, again, is for, short for March 22nd, okay, because that's this, this first day in earnest of the season of sacrifice, the 40 days between um, March 22nd and May 1st, all right? So I label it here as the clandestine Freemasonic the clandestine Masonic Lodge. I shouldn't even use the word Freemasonry in relation to this. Uh, it is a Masonic lodge of sorts, a clandestine one, known as the Order of the Skull and Bones. It operates out of Yale, Yale University. And, of course, they have, uh, their headquarters is known as the Tomb, okay, because this is a reference to the Southern Hemisphere. They are the worshippers of death and darkness. They're the Order of Death. And they pay homage to the sun in its dark aspect, a dark solar cult. The sun, when it is in its six months of its southern hemisphere dwelling, that, that, um, the lower six months of the zodiac in that configuration are often referred to as the tomb of the sun because it is, re is becoming resurrected or resurrecting to give new life to the earth during the season of spring, the season of resurrection, of rejuvenation. So when it was in the southern hemisphere, that's considered the tomb of the sun. And this order, the order of death or order of skull and bones, refers to its headquarters, its main meeting place as the tomb, which is a symbolic analog to the sun in the southern hemisphere or the dark sun. Freemasonry has put this emblem on the third-degree tracing board, 
Okay? So to understand the skull and bones, and I've alluded to this before, this is the emblem of the sorcerer. Okay? It's, it's a very slightly complex symbol. It only really involves two other symbols. Okay? It's the skull and the crossbones, the crossed bones. Okay? The skull is where thought takes place. And the bones are what we do our actions with. Okay? We use our arms, our hands. Okay? This is symbolic of thought and action. All right? So intelligence and willpower is what this symbol represents. And indeed, the members of the order of death are intelligent and they have a lot of willpower. What's missing in this emblem is the heart or the spirit, care, true care. It's not there. The emblem of the sorcerer being equated with the skull and crossbones represents thought or intelligence being combined with will power or the will to act without care being present. And indeed, that's what a sorcerer is. That's what a psychopath is. That's what a dark occultist is. A being that definitely has brought their thoughts and actions into unison, but really has killed the spirit. They have killed care. They have cremated care, as we saw in their ritual at Bohemian Grove. This is depicted in the third degree tracing board, which you see there to the left of Freemasonry. And we'll get to a breakdown of this in later shows, probably not tonight. But I want to show you at least the depiction of the skull and bones on it. And this is a warning. All right? The, the, the third degree tracing board is about resurrection of the spirit. And it's showing you that if care is killed, that the allegorical savior in Freemasonry, who is connected with the son, Hiram Abiff, okay, the widow's son. It's another allegory about the son, which we'll get into tonight. That if you kill care, really, you are spiritually dead. You are in this coffin. Okay? And no good can ultimately come to the world until you come out of that tomb, until the light rises out of that tomb you can see there's a positive connotation to light bearer or Lucifer. And of course, Lucifer is connected with this tradition, the angel of light or the bearer of light, bringing the understanding of natural law to humanity. And then there's a dark aspect of Lucifer, the dark side of the sun, meaning intelligence and will while care is still buried which leads to psychopathy and ultimately to ruin, to chaos, not to order. And that's ultimately what the dark occult is, thrusting this world toward total chaos. And the unconscious idiots of this world continue to go along with their agenda because they're dumb, unread people. 
who are still in this coffin because they don't care. And they don't want to change their actions. They don't want to use their intelligence or will in any way that uh, is directed by true care. They would rather just continue to be pawns and referred to as the dead by these people and uh, basically, uh, you know, mocked occultically and, you know, tagged with all kinds of occult symbolism and sent off to an altar of sacrifice and you know, just, just being completely ridiculed and mocked by people who know a million times more about them than they know about themselves. And they could just be made to dance like puppets on strings. Enjoy it is what I say to the dumb people who are doing these occultists' bidding. And that means the military and the police. Because you are owned by the dark occult. The end. I don't care how much you want to deny that. It's the truth. You are owned by these people. Owned. They own you. Period. And because you know nothing about the human psyche, you know nothing of consciousness, you know nothing of the occult, and you remain horribly unread and ignorant, you're going to continue to do their evil bidding. Never understanding what you're being used for. Like a dog. Being led around on a leash. So, the third degree tracing board is a warning. It shows the skull and bones on the coffin of Hiram Abiff with the three tools that basically were used to kill Hiram Abiff, the spirit. Okay? And they're symbolic of the destruction of intelligence, the destruction of care, and the destruction of will or courage. So these three tools refer to when they're used in conjunction with the murderers of Hiram Abiff known as uh, Jubala, Jubilo, and Jubalum. We'll get to all of this, okay, in the breakdown of Freemasonry. Uh, they refer to ignorance, which kills intelligence, apathy, which kills care, and cowardice, which kills uh, cowardice and laziness, is more accurate, which kills respectively courage and will, okay. And I put there the warning is that we have to always be on guard against these destroyers of spiritual awareness. These are what destroy consciousness. Ignorance, apathy, and cowardice slash laziness. One is a destroyer of thought, the other is a destroyer of emotion, and the other is a destroyer of action. And that's it. If we fall prey to these, we end up in the grave and when the spirit dies, we're ruled by dark occultists, dark occultists, the skull and bones, the order of death. So to wrap up the season of sacrifice, it is the 40-day period between March 22nd and May 1st, Valpurgis Noct. It, it is a throwback to ancient solar cults. All right, sun-worshipping traditions. They often offered animal and human sacrifices during this season because they believed that blood needed to be given, which was the life force, the life is in the blood, needed to be given to the earth and the sun god 
in order to ensure a bountiful harvest during the planting season, during the, the, the reaping season, okay, the harvest season, but you made the sacrifice during the planting season, which is early spring. That's what this is ultimately about. That's why they give, in the modern day, blood to the earth in all different forms during this year. We showed examples of that last week. Okay, they start wars during this season. Manchurian candidate situations come up over and over again during the season. Martin Luther King was killed during the season. Columbine High School massacre happened during this season. Virginia Tech school shooting happened during this season. On and on and on. So there you see it visually depicted. The spring equinox, March 19th, 20th, which is the beginning of Aries, and then at the midpoint of Taurus, that's the end of the season of sacrifice, at the Sabbath midpoint, May 1st, Valpurgisnacht. And I put up at the top on the right-hand side of this image that be particularly vigilant for false flag events and potential human sacrifice rituals during this time period. I also put in the middle of the image there that the season in Christianity known as Lent, which is a season to make a sacrifice, to give up something, okay? because uh, Jesus symbolically gave his life, life up. Okay? In, in the Christian, exoteric Christian tradition, they b- believe in this as a literal story, that Jesus gave his life up as the Son of God to redeem the sins of the people of the earth. But it's about the son, okay, giving up his life to continuously rejuvenate the earth. That's ultimately what it is about. The son continuously gives off us of its energy, its light, its warmth, its heat, etc. It's, it's the ability to have any life on the planet, to grow anything. Okay? And Lent... In the, in the Christian tradition, in the exoteric Christian tradition, is known as a time to make a sacrifice. And as I wrote here, this is simply a proxy, okay? meaning that it is something that is uh, really uh, veiled over top of the real season of sacrifice, which is about this um, sacrifice of pagan sun cults to give blood to the earth and the sun. So that's what the real season of sacrifice is about, and it's still ongoing, ladies and gentlemen. These occultists who are directing world events because they control the monetary system and can basically make the idiots of this world that believe in something that's fake called money do whatever they want them to do as a result of promising them any amounts of money, okay, can basically orchestrate world events because they own the monetary system. They invented it. And therefore, they can make people dance like puppets to any tune they want them to dance to because they're still so unconscious, these people, these puppets, that they don't understand money is fake, that they don't understand that they're ruled by dark occultists. But believe what you want and enjoy what you have, is what I say. To to people who are reluctant to accept this, who are reluctant to believe that this is what the world is, I say, 
Go back to believing whatever you want to believe. And go back to sleep and enjoy what you have. That's it. You don't want to look into it further? Shut the show off now. Go watch some television and eat a nice poison-laden meal while you're doing it. And enjoy being a kept pet. Okay? Because that's what 90% of the people of this world are or better. A kept pet. I, for one, am tired of that condition. I'm not in that condition. No one owns me. I'm not a kept pet. I certainly am not going to do anybody's bidding for a paycheck. Because somebody tells me that they think that this is what's the right thing to do. I'm going to find out based on my personal study, drive, and will to know what is true and what is real, what the right thing to do really is. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing and will continue to do what I'm doing. But because unconscious, ignorant people are easy to manipulate, it's real easy to sell somebody on going off to war or becoming a cop or doing any number of other things that are completely antithetical to natural law and believing that they're doing the right thing. So continue to believe that if you want and enjoy what you have and enjoy being a kept pet. But that's the season of sacrifice, and I will continue to tell people, watch these 40 days, watch for events during these 40 days, and specifically they, they love the very beginning of spring, March 19th, 20th. They love those dates. I'm going to tell you another date, date they love, April 20th. They love April 20th. These dark occultists are reptilian in their patterns. They do the same thing over and over. They stay with what they know. Okay? And once you understand their patterns, it's easy to, to see where they're going with these things. But you have to be conscious enough to recognize the pattern. They love April 20th because it's Hitler's birthday. April 20th, Hitler's birthday. They did the Gulf uh, oil disaster during that time. Drilled so deep into the earth, it cracked some sort of a fissure, and who knows what that material was. Some people say it was a mud volcano. I don't think it was entirely crude oil. But uh, they basically attempted to devastate the entire um, Gulf region last year on that date. And this year you're seeing the bombing of Libya and the Japan tsunami and subsequent uh, nuclear disaster happening right around this time period. Again, as I said last week a bit early, that was on 311, but 11 is another uh, ritual date that they love because it's the number of chaos and opposition. Like 9-11. So that's where I'll wrap up the occult season of sacrifice. I think we've covered it. There's images there to look at and you can look into it further in your own studies. 
In the second hour, I'm going to be connecting into Oracle Broadcasting in a few moments, and we will be looking into the tradition of Freemasonry during the second hour. Now, just uh, as a prelude to uh, the second hour of the show tonight, I just want to lead in with saying once again that I'll be covering Freemasonry for many weeks to come. I'll probably be looking at this tradition like we did with uh, Kabbalah and Tarot over multiple weeks. So we'll do an hour of it tonight and at least two more whole shows, maybe three, okay, after tonight. The first thing I want to let people know is that, one, on this show, you will not be getting a 100% comprehensive view. As I said before, this is a lifelong study. If you're going to study Kabbalah or Tarot or Freemasonry or any other occult tradition, it's basically something that you need to make a personal investigation of over a long period of time. Because enlightenment is not an instantaneous process, which is all what all all of these traditions are ultimately about. And it's a stepwise process requiring time. If you think you're going to immediately reach some form of deep level of understanding overnight, good luck. It doesn't work that way. It requires time, effort, study, dedication, willpower. Okay? All of these things. It requires opening your mind, the right brain aspect. It requires associative thinking, as we've talked about over the past weeks when we're looking deeply into different forms of symbolism. Okay? All of these things are required. They're prerequisites for studying any of these occult traditions and understanding the real meaning of them, not fear-based propaganda that is put out there by people who know very little of them. All right? The second thing I want to make people very clear about is that as with Kabbalah and any other occult tradition, it is not one thing. There is a dark side to it as well. I will be teaching the positive light side of it, but of course the mystery traditions have been perverted over time and turned into something that they were not originally intended to be. All right? So therefore... We have to be aware there is, of course, a dark side to this. That's why I'm not involved in the official lodge system of Freemasonry in the modern day. It has been taken over. And the tradition is watered down, and it has become something that it was not originally intended to be, which is basically a, 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 a club for influential people who then can do things clandestinely or under the cloak of darkness. And that's not what Freemasonry was originally about. So we'll be looking at this tradition, looking at some of its origins and its symbols and its allegories in the next hour. So that's hour number one. I'm going to get ready now to connect into Oracle Broadcasting, and we'll listen to the tail end of some of what they're doing. And then Bob Tuscan from uh, the Intel Hub Radio Show will be introducing me for the second hour. So here we go. I'm going to connect into the network. You have reached the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network call-in line. After the beep, please say your name and where you're calling from, and the on-air host will take your call momentarily. 
Mark Passio, what on earth is happening? Pathology at uh, Imperial College in London, which is one of the biggest uh, training facilities. Um, now, he studied the, the aftermath of the Chernobyl mm-hmm. disaster, yeah. and he's, he's actually publicly said now that he's sick and tired of, wow. the, yeah. of the confusion and the uh-huh. misinformation and the lack of detailed information. Yep, yep. that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's just a bad situation all around. Christopher Everard, our guest, ChristopherEverard.com. When we come back, Mark Passio, what on earth is happening? This is the Intel Hub. Throughout history, the power to issue money has been used to enslave man into a perpetual system of debt. Power of the Curse, Volume 1, is a four-hour... Hey, Mark, are you there, buddy? Hey, Bob, how are you tonight? Good. Would you like to do a crossover uh, segment with Mr. Christopher Everard? That would be great, man. Uh, Do you know Christopher Everard? I am familiar with his films, yes. Okay, well, I, I've been dying to introduce you guys. Uh, Chris, this is Mark on the line. He's uh, the curator of What on Earth is Happening. Hello, Mark. Nice Hi, to meet you. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. So we were talking a little bit about uh, Japan and, and the fallout, Mark, as well as I did want to give you a chance to quickly finish your thoughts on Libya, too, if you'd like, Chris. And um, But, um, Mark... Uh, would you like to pick it up with him and uh, kind of uh, segue uh, for a quick segment uh, into your uh, ritual, your ritualistic uh, sacrifice and all that? I, I basically wrapped up the season of sacrifice during the first hour tonight. Uh, I was planning okay. on getting into uh, Freemasonry uh, in the second hour. Uh, all right. Sure. Sounds interesting. Well, why don't we just do a quick... Uh, um, crossover sure and and then we'll let you just take up the freemasonry stuff you got it thanks bob cool no problem all right chris we'll stand by we'll do a quick segment and we'll let you, we'll let you go and let mark get on the freemason stuff okay thanks so much Hey, this is Jack Mudd, host of Deadline Live. For years now, I have been cheating the multinational pharma cartels and avoided expensive doctor bills by taking Enerfood products every day. These are the products that the powers that be do not want you to know about and with Codex Alimentarius legislation are actively trying to ban. Why? Because if you take better food, coconut milk powder, and switch to all organic Nutri Cafe coffee and Coco Mojo, you won't need them. Go to enersood.com today to learn more about how a daily inexpensive intake of nature's superfood will increase your immune system by flushing out toxins and how this will increase your energy, stamina, and focus. You know, you can't take on the new world order from your couch. 
E-N-E-R-S-O-O-D.com, or give them a call today, 866-762-9238, 866-762-9238. Tell them Jack Blood sent you. Okay, we have what on earth is happening in Q, and uh, let's wrap things up, though, with our special guest, Christopher Everard, his website, ChristopherEverard.com, as well as EnigmaTV.com. And uh, I'm a big fan of Christopher Everard. I'm a big fan of all of his appearances on Truth Frequency and Oracle Broadcasting, as well as some of the mainstream propaganda artists. They like to have you on sometimes, don't they, Chris? Yes, they do. <laughs> I, I, I'm not on very often, but when I am on... Usually they, they mess up what you say, right? Uh, well, they, they usually have a secret guest in the wings, which they they usually announce uh, halfway through my segment. Uh, I've often been put up against uh, you know pe- professors from Cambridge and this kind of thing. I've had some pretty meaty uh, debates on BBC Radio. And I'm sure you handled yourself quite well. Um, let's see here. Any uh, final thoughts? Uh, we talked a little bit about Libya as well in the second yeah. part of the last hour, and then we'll go ahead and toss things over to our friend Mark Passio with what on earth is happening. Well, what I, what I believe at the moment is that um, people really don't know the full extent of the military operation in Libya. Um, and as I said earlier in the broadcast, if you are the head of state of a oil-rich nation, especially if that nation is rich in solar energy and you've got oil, um, you stand a very high risk Mm -hmm. of being invaded. And we're seeing this pattern of colonialization. Uh, It's rather like a kind of um, military steamroller that goes around the planet. And as resources uh, such as North Sea oil uh, run out, so the uh, the British Bavarian royal elite uh, tend to um, wow. you know engineer excuses um, for invading countries, and I don't consider the Iraq situation as a war. That is a colonial invasion, much the same as Britain invaded African nations such right. as you know Kenya and the Congo taken over by the Belgians, mm-hmm. and all the rubies, the diamonds, the emeralds uh, have been sucked out of Africa. Sure. And after those resources have been taken, it, they, they deliberately confuse their languages. The elite in the African nations send their children to Eton and Sandringham to be indoctrinated with military schools. And then they go back and they propagate and keep uh, African dictatorships going. Uh-huh. It's a very, very that, serious situation. That's the same dialectic that we see, and it goes even further uh, back than just that. <clears throat> I mean, this has been happening for thousands of years. Yeah, I mean, you can trace back this this uh, process back to the time of King Alfred, so right. that's more, more than 900 years ago. Christopher Everard, uh, folks, our special guest. Thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. We're going to have to have you on for a full program. That way we can really dive deep into some of these topics. Okay, Bob. It's, it's been a pleasure. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
Wait a minute. That's what it's all about. You've got the groove on freedom, the good book says. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is Happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, listeners at Oracle Broadcasting. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio, and this is the Tuesday night contribution to the Intel Hub radio show. Thanks, Bob, for uh, playing the intro. And um, tonight, uh, I looked at in the first hour, um, because I do the show live, uh, 8 to 10 p.m. through my website, whatonearthishappening.com. In the first hour, I wrapped up looking at the occult season of sacrifice, which we were looking at at the end of the show last Tuesday night, and found it interesting that the Libya campaign was initiated on March 19th. This is the beginning of this season that I uh, referred to last week as the season of sacrifice in the dark occult. And it is uh, basically between the time period between the spring equinox, which is celebrated usually around March 19th or 20th, and the midpoint of spring, which is the Sabbath, the occult Sabbath or holiday known as Valpurgisnacht, May 1st or May Day. And right at the beginning of that, like clockwork, uh, the elite initiate, the so-called elite, initiate a human sacrifice ritual, which is war. Uh, they started the Iraq campaign on March 19th, shock and awe. And uh, Bush came out on the uh, aircraft carrier to give his little mission accomplished speech on Valpurgisnacht on May 1st. Uh, uh, you can look that up and verify that for yourself. But uh, we looked at that in the first hour, and in the second hour, I uh, had scheduled to begin a initi- an initiation of sorts, an introduction into the initiatory tradition of Freemasonry, and what this tradition is from an esoteric perspective, from the truly mystical esoteric perspective of the um, original teachings, uncorrupted, in an uncorrupted sense, so what I will be beginning today and going into uh, over the next couple of weeks on the show at least will be uh, basically a breakdown of the uh, light tradition of Freemasonry, 
not the corrupt form that has come down into the lodge system. So uh, we'll be looking at a mystery tradition, a true mystery tradition this evening and studying it from a perspective of its symbols and its allegories and eventually uh, later on later shows its rituals. So uh, that's coming up on what on earth is happening. Uh, I want to let everybody know about the Free Your Mind Conference, which is a conference that I am hosting here in Philadelphia uh, in April. So that's coming up in just over two weeks, Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th here in Philadelphia. Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. It is happening at Ruba Hall. Ruba Hall is at 414 Green Street in Philadelphia. The doors will open at 9 a.m. on both days, and the, the uh, program will begin at 10 a.m. The speakers will begin. And don't forget, Mark, uh, real quick here, we're coming up to break, but yes. uh, Freeman Fly, Mark Passio, and Bob Tuscan of the Intel Hub Radio Show. We'll see you there. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right, right back. Amazon.com has become a leader in online retail and is a place where people can find and discover truly anything they want to buy. Amazon offers thousands of products, including books, movies, and music, full range of electronics, computer and office, sports and outdoors, dry storable and organic foods, health and wellness, survival and taxable gear, home and garden, and much more. Amazon not only offers over 10,000 online products, but also operates retail websites and offers programs that enable you to sell your products online. By making your purchases through Amazon.org or Broadcasting.com, a portion of each purchase goes to the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Find great prices on hard-to-find items and help support Oracle Broadcasting at the same time. That website, again, is Amazon.OracleBroadcasting.com. Every day you hear the news. As an American citizen, I'm sure you're concerned. You may even feel like you have no control. Of course, you can't control things like natural disasters or the real estate meltdown, but these days, a number of Americans are returning to the practice of being self-reliant by keeping food and water in reserve. That's why you need BeFoodReady.com. BeFoodReady.com has high-quality, delicious foods that are savable and storable. The foods are dehydrated. All you need to do is add water. They're made from premium grade fresh raw fruits, vegetables, dairy products, and other high quality ingredients. Our stuff is awesome, and it's available in single packets for less than $2 a serving. When you buy it in the packs, it can be 91 cents or less, depending on the package that you're getting. And these foods can be stored for as long as 15 years. Log on to our website to watch a short video, learn about our food selection, how to start your own business, and how you can try six meals for free. Log on to BeFoodReady.com. At HempUSA.org, we offer chemical-free products to people around the world, detoxifying, self-healing, while rebuilding the immune system. We urge our listeners to please consider our largest-selling product, Microplant Powder. Our Microplant Powder is rich in silica and probiotics to help rebuild the immune system and to create a healthy stomach flora. Microplant powder is excellent for daily intake and is perfect to add to your storage shelter. We urge our listeners to please visit us at hempusa.org. And remember, all of our products are chemical-free and healthy to eat. We constantly strive to give you the best service, highest quality, and rapid shipping anywhere. And we offer free shipping on orders over $95 in the U.S. 
please visit us at hempusa.org or call 908-691-2608. That's 908-691-2608. See what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you at hempusa.org. With Free or Die Radio, Lee Rogers, the most dangerous talk show in America. Weekdays at 9 p.m. Central on Oracle Broadcasting. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. I was telling you before the break about the Free Your Mind conference coming up here in Philadelphia. If you're in the area, please come on out. You'll learn a whole lot, a lot of dynamic speakers to be on the, uh, featured on the bill at the conference. It's Saturday, April 9th and Sunday, April 10th at Ruba Hall, 414 Green Street in Philadelphia. The doors open at 9 Speakers begin at 10. Admission is only $20 per day in advance, $30 at the door. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices, which is just about everyone on the planet. The featured speakers on this great two-day conference, 16 speakers from all over the country, including Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Basiago, Bob Tuscan, Farah Yurdozu, Freeman Fly. Jan Irvin, John Nicholson, Joseph Mara, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, Paul Marco, and Suzanne Taylor. At the end of the day on Saturday, we'll be screening Suzanne Taylor's documentary, What on Earth? Inside the Crop Circle Mystery. It's an a exclusive Philadelphia screening for the first time anywhere. And um, at the end of the day on Sunday, we'll be having a panel discussion with the remaining speakers. Whoever is uh, still at the conference at the end of the day on Sunday evening will be invited to participate. And uh, anyone that wishes to do so, come up on the stage and we'll have a panel discussion and Q&A session with the audience. For more information, please visit the website at www.freeyourmindconference.com. That's freeyourmindconference.com. All right, so again, in the last hour, we wrapped up talking about the season of sacrifice. Now we're going to begin, and this will be ongoing over many weeks, into looking into the tradition of Freemasonry and what it really, truly is, because there's a lot of confusion about what Freemasonry is, and a lot of people uh, continue to make the mistake of thinking that it is about only one thing and not understanding that there is a, uh, a, a dual side to Freemasonry, that there is a positive aspect of this tradition and then there is a corruption or a perversion of it, as dark occultists always do. And in fact, that's all they can ever do. Dark occultists, as I've been trying to hammer into people to get them to understand, do not create... Okay, They do not invent new things. 
They take things that are already there and use them to their benefit, to their selfish, egoic benefit. So they don't create anything. All right? The mystery traditions were already in existence before the dark occult came and took them over. All right? The dark occult perverts. It perverts. It uses something that's already there to its selfish aims and ends. That's all it does. So, in its original unadulterated form, okay, what Freemasonry is ultimately about, and, I, and this is my basic definition for it, okay, is a tradition in which natural law, which we've talked about extensively on this show, and which I've done a whole presentation on, and I believe that was show number 36, if people want to go back and look into my breakdown of natural law, Freemasonry is a tradition in which natural law and morality is taught through a system of symbols, allegories, and rituals. That is what Freemasonry is in its unadulterated form. Okay? Now, in the modern day, is it effectively doing that? I would say it is not. Has it fallen? Okay? Largely. Maybe not entirely, but has it fallen from its original intent? Absolutely. Has it become something that is essentially something completely other than what it was originally intended to be and do? I believe that it has. And that's a deplorable state. It's a deplorable condition, but that happens to be what is. Okay? So what I'm going to endeavor to teach here over the next several weeks is what this tradition really is about, and then illustrate this through the symbolism of Freemasonry or what is known as the craft, okay? So I want to direct people up to my website for the imagery that goes along with the concepts that I'll be breaking down. You go to whatonearthishappening.com, whatonearthishappening.com, click on the radio listen page, which is the button on the upper the image on the upper left-hand side of the website that says Listen Live, okay? You click that, it'll take you to the player page, and underneath the player plug-in, you will see listed there images for tonight's show, March 22nd, and there will be two sections, Season of Sacrifice and Freemasonry. We'll be beginning in this uh, segment with the Freemasonry imagery, okay? So before we do that, I want to make another definition very clear to people, and that is what Freemasonry ultimately is, is a system that teaches through something known as allegory, okay? This is basic associative thinking, all right? What an allegory is, is a story or a picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, okay? There's that word, hidden Occult means hidden. This is indeed an occult tradition. It is veiling its teachings, and it's veiling them for a number of reasons. We talked about why occultism veils what it you know, conceals its teachings in the past. It does it for two reasons. In its dark form of occultism, it veils it because it's trying to keep that knowledge from people that it wants to wield influence over and use that knowledge as a weapon. In its positive influence, occultism may have veiled its teachings because it is too dangerous, physically dangerous, for it to teach these teachings in the open. 
and may also, uh, and I believe erroneously, worry that these that this knowledge will be taken by people in a very egoic state and used as a weapon. So therefore, it veils it and attempts to keep it from uh, the hands of what it considers profane people. Now, I think that both of these are in error. Both of these stances are in error. And I've said multiple times on this show, and will continue to repeat the phrase, that humanity will never be free until the occult is no longer the occult. Meaning, until this knowledge is taken out of its veiled form, put out into the light of day, and it becomes common sense, human beings are going to be continuously enslaved because this is knowledge that people need to know about themselves. And it's a, it's a procedure of studying the self. That's ultimately what it's about. And ultimately, it's a science for understanding how suffering is created through going against natural law principles. And it's a science for getting back into harmony with those natural law principles by understanding the self. And then changing one's behavior in accordance with that truth. Okay? So... An allegory, which is what Freemasonry ultimately is, is a story or a picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden or occulted meaning, typically a moral or a political one. That's what an allegory actually is. And I believe that's the uh, break music, so we'll pick up on that point when we come back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening as part of the Intel Hub Radio Show on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. We'll be right back, folks. Looking for great talk radio? You found it. This is the Oracle Broadcasting Network. My name's John. I've been having problems with my blood pressure for years. My doctors tried everything without much success. I heard about Extendivite from a friend and thought, why not give it a try? Since three months now, my doctor's very pleased with how my blood pressure is finally coming down. I have a lot more energy than I've had in a long time. It's working for me. For 12 years now, I've been helping people. My name is Don Wipkin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable light purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, and parasites to the non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. 
Order the Berkey Life System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $209, and the Berkey Guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey Guy at one 886 3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's com today. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 of them in your shopping cart in any competition. Sell them or give them away. The great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order. Call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on the What on Earth is Happening segment of the Intel Hub Radio Show. I'm your host, Mark Passio. On my website, whatonearthishappening.com, on the radio listen page, in the section of images uh, entitled Freemasonry, we're going to begin with image number one there. And that is a large image showing the basic structure of Freemasonry. Now, this shows two different rites of Freemasonry, the Scottish Rite and the York Rite. Okay, the Scottish Rite has 30, 32 degrees or steps there depicted symbolically on this pyramidal structure that you see here in this image. Okay, uh, they're known as degrees that are conferred to the initiates of this tradi- tradition. And uh, it ends in the honorary 33rd degree. On the right-hand side of the image, we see the York Rite, okay, which has 10 degrees, ending in the Knights Templar degree, uh, which is at that same level as the 33rd degree of the Scottish Rite. Now, you'll see that this entire structure here is built upon these first three steps at the bottom, the three degrees, which are the first, second, and third initiatory degrees of Freemasonry. The first degree is known as the Entered Apprentice, the second degree as the Fellow Craft, and the third degree as the Master Mason. These first three initiatory degrees comprise what is known as the Blue Lodge. The degrees from degree 4 to 32 in the Scottish Rite comprise what is known as the Red Lodge. And then degrees 33 and on comprise what is referred to as the White Lodge. And I would add that those illuminated degrees or higher level degrees above the 32nd degree of the Red Lodge would not only be the White Lodge degrees, but also the Black Lodge degrees. Okay, so 
at that level, you have positive higher-level initiates or illuminated masons and also negative or dark masons. And I would say that that is reflected throughout this entire structure. Okay. One of the things I want to point out is the similarity of this hierarchical system with this, the hierarchical structure of control that we've talked about previously on this radio show. Any control-based institution, no matter which one you look at, it could be the military, the police, government, the education system, the media, you name it, okay? Any, uh, any corporation in general is structured in two basic ways. The first is hierarchy. This means it contains a system or a chain of command, okay, a system of degrees of some sort, as does Freemasonry, at least in the official lodge form of Freemasonry. Now, the official lodge form of Freemasonry is essentially not what I'm going to really be initiating people into as part of this show. I'm going to be taking them into the original core teachings of what this tradition was about, and this dates back far beyond where the lodge system came into existence. Okay, the, Freemasonry is an ancient tradition. It is one of the mystery traditions of consciousness that dates right back into the ancient world. Okay, this goes back thousands of years, not just hundreds. Okay, and one of the principal places that it originates is Egypt. And Egypt then was not known as Egypt. It was called Kemet, K-M-T, okay? And this means black, or the black land, okay? It's a place of mysteries. It's the place where people were initiated into the mysteries, the mystery traditions of consciousness. And Freemasonry is one of these traditions. Now, it was likely not called Freemasonry there, but it was associated with building. And Freemasonry is, of course, associated with building. And here you see this pyramid structure, which I'm referring to, uh, just like the pyramids of Egypt are built in this configuration, okay, with a broad base containing you know, a whole lot of substance and material until you get up to the apex, which tapers off. Okay, so you have a lot of low-level initiates, and then as, you know, you go higher up into the knowledge, there's less and less people holding it. So this is hierarchy, okay? The second factor of any system of control or any system that is based in this pyramid structure is compartmentalization. We talked about that, being how uh, in this system of hierarchy, uh, the people who do know the agenda at the top Will often be very um, will often keep the total knowledge of that agenda from the lower level initiates, and indeed, this is what is happening in the lodge system of today, because Freemasonry has been steered in quite a different direction from its original roots and intents, and it is being used uh, as a system of control. For me to deny that would be lying. I mean, you know, let's be honest about it. However, it becomes all too easy because we do recognize that to think that the entire tradition should be thrown out 
you know, the idea of throwing out the baby with the bathwater, okay? We need to understand what the original teachings of this tradition are about so that we understand it is simply something that has become perverted over time, just like every other religion has. We talked about what the esoteric core teachings of religions are versus what they have come down to us as in the modern world, which are essentially systems of mind control. Is Freemasonry any different? Not really. Okay? So to get to the original traditions, we have to understand it's older than we're being told. It does date to the ancient mystery traditions. And that goes back to Egypt or Kemet, okay, the, the black land, okay? Uh, this is the root of the word alchemy, okay? The Kemetians, the Egyptian people who studied the mystery traditions, not all of them, but the, the, the initiates into these traditions and, and keepers of this knowledge, uh, they considered themselves shining beacons of light, teachers who were keeping a tradition from time immemorial of how natural law worked and how important truly understanding natural law and living in harmony with it as a moral being, as a moral being, was to maintaining order in the world. Okay? So they looked at themselves as, as beacons of light who were way showers, okay, in a, a world, essentially, that needed to receive these teachings, that needed to receive the light, that was basically falling from its understanding of natural law and falling deeper and deeper into ego and worldly identification, as we've talked about extensively on this show. Okay? The barriers to true self-realization. Okay? Worldly identification, five-sense identification, and ego identification. All right? Things that prevent us from really understanding who and what we truly are and what, we're, what, what this is all about what we're here to actually do. So the, the, uh, the teachings of Kem, okay, were really, these mystery traditions, were encoded into a system of symbols and allegorical lessons, all right, stories, parables, etc., that convey a lesson about what's really going on in the world around us. This is the most... Um, done in the modern day through movies. Movies teach through allegory. There's many allegorical movies. As a matter of fact, most movies are allegorical that are basically teaching some sort of a lesson and aren't just for entertainment value. And this can also be done for the negative. It can be, you know, predictive programming and a form of mind control and, you know, uh, uh, basically steering one's perceptions in a certain direction through, uh, through movies as well. But allegorical movies are basically movies about the real world, but they're told in a fictional story to get people to relate the story to what's really going on around them. You know, things like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, um, uh, The Matrix, They Live. I mean, you can name a million of them. You can go on and on. These are allegorical movies. Okay, Freemasonry is an allegory as well. It's done largely through its symbols and its rituals. These are what the allegories in Freemasonry are about. To understand allegory, however, requires 
the right brain to be activated because it is about associative thinking. It is not just pure logical left brain thinking. And here's the break music. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'll be back, folks. Only on the Intel Hub Radio Show. The Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network is on a mission to bring you the best in cutting-edge talk radio. Oracle Broadcasting is a true beacon of free speech, uncensored news, and relevant information that depends on the support of listeners just like you. You can help us expand our reach and inform the masses. Promote the network by clicking the socialize link on the left-hand side of the oraclebroadcasting.com website. Using the simple tools provided, it is easy to spread the word about Oracle Broadcasting on social networking websites, blogs, news feeds, and many other ways with just one click. You can also help by becoming an Oracle Broadcasting member today. For just $5 a month, you get access to the member stream and allows you to listen to all of the great shows from Oracle Broadcasting in 128K stereo TV audio quality. To find out more, go to oraclebroadcasting.com. And thank you for listening to the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. Hey, this is Chris and Cherie, host of Truth Frequency, here to tell you all about our favorite suppliers of entheogens and sacred plants, Bouncing Bear Botanicals. This is the only supplier that I trust for fresh ayahuasca vine directly from the Amazon basin. Just go to truthfrequencyradio.com and click on the banner right on the front page. And don't forget, Chris, Bouncing Bear also offers only the freshest Anamita Nixaria, San Pedro Cactus, Salvia Divinorum, High Kratom, and much, much more. So order now through our website, truthfrequencyradio.com, by clicking on the banner. Your order will be shipped securely, and your information is always kept safe and confidential. And by ordering through truthfrequencyradio.com, not only will you get the best customer service on the planet, but you'll also be supporting the show. So don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, tap into the Truth Frequency every Saturday at 10 o'clock Central on Oracle Broadcasting, truthfrequencyradio.com. If or when the dollar crashes, an alternate system of trade will be a necessity. FreeWorldMarket.com is your free market solution to the economic crisis. Barter with small businesses without losing government money. Stretch your buying power in these hard financial times by saving up to 50% on great products and services. Keep money in your community and away from the big banks. Preserve your wealth from hyperinflation and even become a merchant and immediately begin increasing your sales. Visit FreeWorldMarket.com now. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Radio X. With your host, Jimmy X. Sundays at noon on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with What on Earth is Happening. This is the last segment for tonight. 
I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com, we're talking about Freemasonry. Before we jump back into that topic, I want to give the call-in number, if there's anyone listening out there that wants to call in to take us out, basically, uh, 866-841-1065. Call-in number, 866-841-1065. That's toll-free. So, um, I, in this last segment, I want to attempt to break down one of the main symbols of Freemasonry, uh, and if anybody calls in, we'll, we'll get to them, but... Uh, that is the the compasses and square with the G in the middle of them. Uh, I'm sure just about everyone has seen this at some point or another. And I'd like to um, basically explain what this symbol represents and break down all of the components of it. So, in the configuration with its point at the bottom... Uh, this is now image number two, if you're following along on the website. The compass is in square with the G. And there's a couple of stylized interpretations of them. Image number, image number um, two and three shows this symbol. Okay. The square in this configuration represents base consciousness. Okay. It represents um, essentially a low state of awareness or a low state of understanding, not being able to see large-scale patterns because one is in a state of imbalance, okay? You could not possibly balance a square like that. It is also rigid. It is unyielding. It is difficult to teach, okay, or to become supple or bending, okay, to receive new information. A 90-degree angle like that is not essentially found in nature, so it has gone away from its true nature, okay? The square as a shape traditionally is used to represent earth-bound awareness, earth, earthly identification, meaning materialism, okay? Meaning um, ego-based thinking, okay? Selfishness, not care for others, all right? Worldly identification and awareness. In other words, being trapped in the base part of the consciousness and brain. We talked about how the brain has so much to do with our level of consciousness and what our behavior eventually manifests like, okay? We talked about the components of the brain. Well, this part of this symbol would be analogous to the R-complex of the brain, okay, in this configuration, in this, in this, uh, with, with its point down like that, okay? It, it's, it's representing... Uh, the state where you are ruled by base consciousness. You don't have rulership over yourself, essentially. All right? You are so stuck in material worldview and base consciousness that essentially you're ruled by your instinct and ruled by the passions. Okay? 
That's what the square in general represents. And since it traces this imperfected shape, okay, that in traditional symbolism has been used to represent the lower world, okay, or the material plane only, divorced from spirit, essentially. That's what the square at the bottom, okay, at the low point of this symbol represents. The compasses, on the other hand, which you'll see depicted as being placed over the square, okay, represent coming upward in consciousness to a place of balance, all right, to a place of higher understanding, moving off of the square as a shape symbolically. Now, the compasses trace a circle. The circle, traditionally in symbolism, is used to represent the divine or the higher world. It's used to represent cosmic consciousness. It's used to represent the break with the identification of the material and the incorporation of spirit of spiritual understanding, okay? So the compasses trace what is considered the divine shape, the circle, the perfected shape. The circle has no beginning and no end. It has no rough edges. It is the perfect shape. It is based on a number that cannot be essentially defined with accuracy, pi, okay? It's a, it's a divine proportion, okay? The circle is the shape used essentially to represent perfection and the divine and higher consciousness. The compasses are a symbolic analog to those concepts. Okay? And the word, there's word play involved here as well. Compasses form the basis of the word compassion. Okay? These are flexible. Okay? They bend. Okay? They're not rigid. This implies teachability. This implies going along with the flow of creation as opposed to attempting to buck that flow. Okay? As opposed to going against that natural law. All right? The compasses represent having attained higher spiritual awareness through that G in the middle. Okay, which is the all-important part of this symbolism. Now, the G has stood for many things, okay? But it's the way that we need to go through to get out of that base material identification represented by the square and to a place of higher spiritual awareness and compassion, okay? So, the G, people will say it stands for geometry, and that is one of the things that it stands for, okay? These are shapes. These are geometers tools. These are drawing tools, okay? However, it means so much more than that. And I'm going to give a quick list, and we'll probably end there tonight, of some of the things that the G does represent. And I want to get to the main thing that it represents, hopefully. If not, we'll do that next week, okay? The G has stood for geometry. 
the, the grand or great architect of the universe, G-A-O-T-U, which is essentially another way of saying God. But essentially, in Freemasonry, God is looked at as an architect, a creator, one who has put the divine plan into manifestation and has created the physical world. Okay, So it represents God. It also represents Goddess, because again, this G in the middle is actually the emotional qualities of the self. Okay, We, we have to essentially incorporate our emotional makeup to, to make our emotional makeup much more mature than what it is when we're young, to become emotional adults, to go through that transition from uh, ego-based identification to true compassionate awareness. And that's done through the goddess aspect of ourselves. So that's also what that G represents, the sacred feminine. It also re represents gnosis, the way of getting out of suffering is knowledge experientially derived or gnosis okay the greek word for knowledge it represents good okay or in, in other words harmony with the natural law it can be used to represent the word green because that is the the frequency of life and love energy as we've seen in the past mm -hmm. the middle the balance point of the visible spectrum of light it can also represent gate a gateway is a transitional point. To go through a gate means to make a transition from one point to another, and ultimately it represents the generative principle. Now, the generative principle is the main key thing to understand about that G in the middle of the compasses in square, but unfortunately, that's all we really have time for this evening. So I'm going to turn it back over to Bob. I'll be here next Tuesday night, Mark, continuing our analysis of Freemasonry. If you want to catch the first hour of the show, check out my website at 8 p.m., and uh, I'll be going into Freemasonry in more depth then. But that's all for tonight. Okay, and as Thank always, uh, he has his podcast, and you can catch anything that you missed at the IntelHubRadio.com. We'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, we have a program lined up for you that you're not going to want to miss the valedictorian speech that shook up education as we know it, and so much more. That's the Intel Hub tomorrow night. So stay tuned. Me, Rogers, coming up next on Oracle Broadcasting. Good night, folks.